It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Is LeBron's greatness a detriment to his team? How did the Celtics win Game 2? Can the Cavaliers get back in this series? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown live show slash podcast slash hangout session with Dave Dufour and me, Coach Nick. Dave, great to see you in, in nice HD, very steady uh, video. We finally solved our issues on that end and uh, really excited to talk about this game. I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm like peeing on the parade for the Cavs, but uh, it was a good game, wouldn't you say? Uh, I mean, it was definitely a great game for Boston. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, unbelievable. I, I'm in. Sh- I'm a little bit in shock. I, I just can't believe that Cleveland didn't win this game. Your prediction uh, well, was correct, though, wasn't it? About LeBron scoring 40 points or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I knew LeBron would come out gunning, and uh, I mean, he he had 21 points in that first quarter, and he was incredible. Uh, Jalen Brown, my my boy, Jalen Brown was also incredible in the first quarter. Had a great game, and uh, I I don't know, man. I look, it, it's it sounds weird to say, but. LeBron's getting no help. Kevin Love had a nice game, but that was it. Outside of those two, I just I don't know what else LeBron can do. I, now it would it would be nice if he played a little bit of defense. Um, right, so he was not playing any defense. No, none. Now Kevin Love had the quietest twenty-two point game you're ever going to see. I mean, I feel like I didn't even realize he was out there for stretches as well. Um, and and then you know a forty-two point triple double for LeBron. It was interesting because it was it was kind of top heavy, right? He kind of got a lot, half those points in the first quarter. Um, after that, though, I mean, look at the numbers here. It really feels like uh, okay. The second quarter, uh, oh, actually, Cleveland outscored him by three in the second quarter, but then I uh, got outscored by fourteen in the third, and then another six in the uh, fourth. So that's a blowout. Yeah, that's pulling away, winning. You know, in the second half. Yeah, I mean, they just had an incredible, incredible second half, and I mean. The, the sequence there toward the end where uh, I guess it was the beginning of the of the fourth quarter where Horford and Jalen Brown were both on the bench um, and LeBron came back into the game, the Cavs really blew their last opportunity to make the comeback. And, mm-hmm. and then they brought it back to within six, and then you had the whole J.R. Smith debacle where he badly bricked a three with the, the flagrant that should have been a flagrant two on Horford. He pushed him in the back in midair, literally the dirtiest thing you could do on a basketball court, the most dangerous. Um, Horford hits the free throws, and then they score again when they get the ball back. And so that really, that was it. And and then, you know, Ty Lue waves the white flag with about, what, a minute 40 left. So, um, yeah, man, it, it doesn't look good for Cleveland. I cannot believe... 
Boston is up 2-0. I'm really in shock right now. It's funny because I didn't feel that way. I mean, listen, the Cleveland can win their two home games, and then we can be even again, and like they like, like started, and who knows what happens. But it's the way that it's happening, right? It, it is clear, and I think I caught Jeff Van Gundy at the very end of the broadcast saying, and I agree, that like they, the Celtics are a better team. They have better players across the board. They play like a team infinitely better than that, which is also the issue here is the Cavaliers, if they were able to play up, could compete but I don't think they can compete. This could be a sweep, man. I really don't know because this is as good as they're going to give you in that first half, at least. And they also caught Boston. Uh, we had some rookie moments there uh, with Tatum in the first half. We even had, uh, for as good as um, uh, Jalen Brown was, there were some clunky possessions by him, too, in the first half. And then even um, Rozier didn't look great. So this was their chance to really take a stranglehold and, and put him down and get control of the game and, and get back in the series. And at once they got kind of warmed up and used to it and adjusted, that was it. One thing I thought was interesting was they didn't really double LeBron at all. So we saw last game in game one, I did the video on where whenever they got a switch with Rozier on him, they would double uh, as quickly as they could. They didn't do that. And, um, and then, in fact, I'd also, I got to check the, the game again, but did you feel like they actually even got Rozier on LeBron that often? I, I can't think of. And maybe once or twice, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Right? Like in the second half, out. right? In the second half, I can't really picture one of those. And so we also – let's bring this up. Uh, you know, the LeBron uh, possible concussion. Absolutely. And I, that was going to be one of my next points is LeBron looked a little bit out of it for a while there. Um, still was able to do some <laughs> yeah. LeBron things, right? But um, it, I was really like – I was worried about what was happening with LeBron. They said he had a neck strain. We'll see what comes out tomorrow. But you and I have lamented the the concussion protocol in the NBA, and we think that it's not strict enough. Um, is there really a protocol? Because I feel like it's sort of like up to the teams. Is it that's not it correct? Oh, well, no, there is a protocol, and, and you know, if a, I guess if he has concussion like symptoms. Um, but we're almost at the point, you know, and, and with the way things are going with concussions, I'd almost like to to get them to you know like blows to the head like LeBron took should almost be an automatic concussion protocol situation. I'm not like, I don't want to see LeBron sit out a playoff game, but I also, you know, I don't want LeBron to suffer the consequences. I mean, concussion syndrome. I mean, he could be out if he's got a, if he's got a concussion, he could be out for the next couple of games, right? Right. Because he didn't sit. So um, let's hope he's okay. Yeah, I think that's the thing. We've seen the the Cavaliers this whole year do this time after time. We saw it with Dwayne Wade, who had smacked his head really hard. They didn't do any kind of testing for that, and he clearly looked like he had a concussion. We saw, obviously, Kevin Love. They did give him the protocol, and he did have one, but then he had another one, I feel like, uh, you know, a few weeks later they didn't do one. Uh, We've seen, I believe, Jeff Green also had one that didn't do a thing. So there's something going on in Cleveland that I've seen a lot more than anywhere else. So it's it's a concern because, again, this is not just, you know, one game or two games this is the life of the players and um you know you could probably also if you want some about fairness you know if one team does adhere to the protocol more strictly than others you know what happens if al horford gets one and they are they have to do it and they do the thing and he's out for two games right and they don't do it for yeah i don't know again i'm much more worried about about the players and their health than i am about the competitive balance but I mean, it is a good point. It, it, you know, if you're Boston and you're more strict about it, does it give you a competitive disadvantage? Yeah, I don't know. 
Right. Or it's going to inspire the Boston Celtics not to do their protocol either. Just pretend, oh, he strained his neck, which certainly he probably could have with that kind of blow. But let's talk about the turnovers because I know that LeBron, in the beginning of the game, uh, they had uh, Doris was talking about how the turnovers are what bothered him the most in game one. He had seven. And in tonight's game, he had, I know he had five uh, up until a certain point. He had, he finished with six and they were bad. A lot of those were not good turnovers, similar to the ones in game one. Um, And again, it's a problem, right? You're going to turn it over and let the Celtics sprint down the court. You're going to give up easy baskets. Yeah, a lot of forced passes. Um, you know, just and I think a lot of guys were playing. They weren't playing with their head up, and that was hurting them. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, it's sloppy. And but let's not discredit the job the Celtics did. The Celtics were amazing on defense. Marcus Smart. To me, uh, what a difference maker. When he's on the basketball court, he brings so much energy and so much um, – I don't even know. Like, it's hard to describe, right? He, he's ferocious, and, and he creates things. Uh, the, the steal that he had tonight, it was very similar to when he had the other night where he came up from behind. You actually tweeted out the video. Um, you gasped when you, when you saw it. I yelled very loudly and scared my dog. <laughs> Because it was so unexpected, and and you know we should be used to Marcus Smart doing these things, yeah. but he still manages to surprise me. So yeah, so because he got half of a strip, almost like a deflection kind of, but the guy still had the ball dribbling, and he just laid out, going almost out of bounds, but in the air, knocked it away, and got the steal. It's funny because I rail against diving on the ball for loose balls. That doesn't count, by the way. That wasn't a loose ball. That was a just lay out to try and make a play and see what happens, and, and he did. Um, the only thing that would have made it even better would have been it went right to a teammate and then a dunk or something. But they ended up getting, I think, a foul and some free throws or something out of that. So uh, those are important because, by the way, there was that stretch in the fourth quarter where uh, the Cavaliers easily could have gotten control of that game. I thought both teams didn't score very much in that four-minute stretch. Um, and so I think the Celtics might be a little bit fortunate in that respect because uh, they didn't look good for that stretch, which you would have expected LeBron, you know, ready to take control. Now, the other thing that was weird was they started LeBron. Um, he didn't start the fourth quarter. And and this is the kind of game where he probably would have just played the entire second half, right? And they, and they need him to play the second half. In fact, it got to the point where it, it felt like if he didn't create the basket, like they were not scoring. Does that feel like that to you? That that's I mean that's almost Cleveland's entire offense, but uh, you know I, I I assumed that this was because of head injury. I, I thought that he was going to just play the rest of the game, but he looked I mean he looked exhausted mm-hmm. when you saw him sitting on the bench. He just looked exhausted, and you know I don't want to try to read his body language, but it it just wasn't great. And one reason LeBron can score and pass so well is because of his superior vision. And if you need contact lenses to help you with your own vision, then you must check out Simple Contacts. They live up to their name because you simply download their app, take a five-minute vision test, and a real doctor reviews your test and writes you a new prescription. No more dreary waiting rooms or walking around half-blind with everything looking orange. Simple Contacts brings the doctor's office to you and offers every brand of lenses at unbeatable prices. The prescription is just 20 bucks and shipping is free. Best of all, you can save 30 bucks off your first Simple Contacts order by visiting simplecontacts.com/coachnick or enter my code coachnick at checkout. While this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam, you'll be hitting shots and throwing whip passes to cutters better than ever with the help of Simple Contacts. That's simplecontacts.com/coachnick. 
I, I cannot believe that we're at this point. I really am in shock. I, I, I'm going to have to rewatch this game because um, I, I just want to see if there's anything that the Cavs can do differently. I, I don't know that there is. I don't think they've got an answer for what Boston does. Like Boston's defense is able to take away that love Corver, Corver two-man game that works so well against the Raptors. Not to mention that Brad Stevens, Brad Stevens is not going to allow – you to get the same action off over and over and over again and keep scoring without well, adjusting. Hang on, hang on. They they got that action and they got layups out of it. But I swear, when I finally saw that happen in the third quarter or like early fourth, whatever that was, it seemed like that was the first time they had done it. So like that's the real question I have is why aren't they doing that more? Getting Love and Corver on a, on a weak side pin down action where they can now play off each other and LeBron with the ball can create something. That to me, I mean, I, they were, they got some of that out of that good, um, but they don't do it enough and that's when it leads me we're back to I guess the same argument we've had for years which is you know who is controlling the offense because if, if it's LeBron and you're expecting LeBron to be able to manage all that in addition to playing the game and playing defense and all those other things he can't do it he can't be a player coach like that and be able to know and compartmentalize even though I know he's got the the uh, the, the what is it the photographic memory and can remember every play those are the kind of things that would that would sign me me in the Miami Heat days when they had these great plays that they would never run. Yeah, I mean they they went almost the entire first half without running any sort of set. Yeah. I mean it was just it it was absolutely insane. Yeah, I, I I don't think I've I mean I guess the Cavs last year were very similar. You know, I, I they're the only team I can think of in recent memory that that just doesn't doesn't run anything. They don't have something that they can go to. You know what? It's very similar to those OKC teams uh, that you and I have kind of like gone back and forth on and, and, and discussed uh, where they don't have anything that they can dip into the well okay. when they don't, when the initial action isn't there. And see, this is what separates a team like the Warriors and team like, I mean, even Houston, they, they have something they can go to. They go to that isolation. If the, if the 21 series doesn't create something right away, they get to go into isolation. And here it's you have LeBron and that's it. Please, LeBron, figure it out. Right, LeBron, hit a fadeaway three because the clock is running out. You know what I mean? Like, and and, and he does it. And the difference though is that when you have Kyrie on your team, you can get away with that a lot easier because you have that second guy. And now they, of course, they have sets. I mean, they have the thing for Corver where they'll, you know, set a pin down. He can go to his right and then catch and shoot. And they have that little stuff they do with, you know, Corver and Love. But you're right. Like, you know, they had that horns where they'll set the double high ball screen, sort of. But there's not a lot of stuff going on. And certainly this game uh, was no exception and probably less than even normal. So, you know, as the pressure mounts and they start to realize that this, this series is slipping away, uh, somebody is taking hold of this offense and trying to say, well, this is how we have to do it rather than, you know, I, I don't know. All I can tell you is that a, a coach or a good coach wouldn't manage the offense like this in, in a big game like that. And we'll have to wait and see what happens in game three, because if it's more of the same stuff, then that, then we'll have our answer. Well, I've given Tyloo a lot of credit for his game to game adjustments. Um, I didn't really see much aside from starting Tristan Thompson. And, and, you know, this was probably the first time I can remember that Horford got the better of Tristan Thompson. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it felt, it felt like a sea change of sorts. Well, when he picks and pops, when Horford does, and now he's got a chance to shoot it or, or shot fake or go down, it, like yeah, it didn't seem to matter if it was Love guarding him or Tristan Thompson. He was still able to create something off of that, um, and that's that's what the difference between Horford. Horford is is that good. Uh, it is that more di- most difficult of a cover, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had one I got on on Twitter where I showed uh, you know uh, Horford just uh, oh crap he blew right by him for the layup I think. Uh, and it was Thompson on him, same like you know, and, and that, that's the only reason why Thompson was in there, right? Was to control that. So uh, he's not giving them what they need either. Uh, even though he's, you know, the, the energy sort of is there, but he's certainly not having the effect that we we've seen in the past with the Tristan Thompson game. Yeah, how, how do you feel about Marcus Morris tonight? You know, there was a moment there I was really not happy with him out there. I thought his shot selection was terrible. It didn't really stand out because there was a lot of bad shots going on in that first half by the Celtics. I'm sure Brad Stevens let them know in any uncertain terms at halftime that there was a problem with that. So, you know, I, I think that you know he struggled. He didn't shoot well, very well at all. In fact, let's see, he was... Um, Marcus Morris was 5 for 14. I don't think he should be taking 14 shots, really. Um, I, I just feel like he's, a, he's, you know, 9, 10 tops. Uh, if he's got it going, maybe. But that's, that's my only issue. He wasn't really that effective defensively either. They weren't doubling. And they're not going to double when he's guarding LeBron either way unless they radically change, which who knows, they might do in game three. But um, so I don't know. I wasn't really that happy with, with the way he played. Are you in agreement or not? Yeah, I'm, r- I'm right there with you. That's why I was asking. Um, the Aaron Baines minutes were fantastic, though. Yeah, another three. <laughs> it's crazy. It, and and somehow he and Marcus Smart have this uh, some sort of Vulcan mind meld going on. And Marcus Smart can bobble the ball right to Aaron Baines every single time he needs to. It's it's pretty incredible. And you know he Marcus Smart threw a lob to him. And he was able to, from a standstill, just get up and over the rim and dunk it. And I thought that was really impressive for a guy who's got to be 270, right? I don't know what he's pushing, but he I, literally... He's a monster. <laughs> and he, I don't think he stepped in at all. I think he's literally feet on the ground and just went up and got it. It was crazy. Yeah, behind hands were behind his head, which is really, really difficult. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, listen, I've, I've said all along that Aaron Baines' pickup has been a, a really sneaky, good, fantastic pickup, probably as good as any of the other guys they've gotten. And, uh, you know, every minute that, that they've gotten him on the floor, he's really done well and to the point where he could get more. You know, some guys you might think, ah, oh, you got to kind of make sure you get him out before he hurts you. I think this guy, could. he played 17 minutes tonight. He could probably get at least 20. Yeah. Why not? I mean, look, I, it's, I, the Cavs are, are the worst. Are they the worst defensive team that you can think of? Yes. Successful defensive team. Okay. So, you know, they keep breaking all these rules by, like, they're in the Eastern Conference Finals, def- beside, you know, despite the fact that they are horrific at defense. And, and you know, it's this is all about LeBron. And, and LeBron tonight, um, did everything he could, and it still wasn't enough. God, I can't believe this. I think the Celtics are going to win this series. <laughs> believe it. And because possibly in five. Yeah, I mean, no, they, they, it's got to be 80 or 85% chance when you win to go up to a, whatever it is, it's got to be historically that high. Again, we, we can't we, bet against LeBron, but yeah. look at how, I mean, and again, it's weird because LeBron got a triple-double and he had 42 points, but it definitely... You know, it was it, like we said; it was top heavy, and um, it just wasn't it wasn't a, uh, having a profound effect on the game. Let's go through some of the comments real quick while we're here, because we want to make sure everyone gets included and uh, discussed. So let's go. Uh, I'll kind of run through what we see here and see what we can respond to. So um, let's see. AB twenty four NN says the greatest player ever can't beat a team without its top two players. Wow. 
Um, are Hayward and Kyrie still the top two players? <laughs> That's an interesting question. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Al Horford is very, very good. Jalen Brown is, I mean, doing everything I expected out of Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum is hitting shots. I mean, just it, it, some crazy shots, not playing like rookie, uh, rookie. Right. Um, you know, uh, I, I, you know, Terry Rozier has been fantastic. I, I think it's, you know, LeBron is the best player in this series. You could argue that the next three are Celtics. Yeah. And then maybe it's Kevin Love. Kevin Love's in the mix somewhere in the top five, but yeah. it varies so much from game to game. Right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Team Money 58 asks, should JR have been tossed? Uh, is is it yes. flavoring to a toss? Is that what that is? It is a toss. Okay, yeah, yeah, he should have been tossed. And and maybe even suspended for a game. I, okay. I, like, I cannot say enough how dangerous what he did is. Yeah, and dirty and whatever. And they, clearly they had, he had just checked out. Why he was even in at that point, I have no idea. He wasn't playing well at all. And again, yeah. Ty Lue just shoved him in there. Um, it's just, you know, Ty Lue's rotations are a problem, too. You know, he throw, they finally threw out Larry Nance out there, and that was completely ineffective. And so he's not making those moves either that are helping him, not like when you see, you know, uh, Brad Stevens does that and, and gets production out of everybody, it seems. Uh, LeBron, this is Ty Lue's yeah. last stand, by the way. It's I'm what? pretty sure. This has got to be Ty Lue's last stand. Yeah, and it's funny because if he goes, we're, I mean, we're going to get the 15 new coaches, right? I mean, I think I can't remember the last time. I mean, there was some summer not that long ago where we had we had double-digit turnover, and it's kind of hard to believe that we're right back there. It, it probably was like five years ago when all these contracts are starting to expire. But Did, We yeah. had zero last year, right? Is that right? Yeah, it sounds right, but I can't remember. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, maybe Phoenix was new, wasn't it? Didn't Earl Watson? No, Earl Watson got fired this season. Okay, so yeah. yeah. So yeah, so when they were due, hey. yeah. Can can someone in the in the Periscope chat uh, find the stat? Um, because Nick and I can't really look it up. Find the stat for us. What what percentage? What's the win percentage for teams after they go up two zero? Oh, okay. That's what that's what we need. We got a question for you guys. So, yeah, we'll throw in the um, tables. Uh, let's see here. Here's a good question uh, from Uncle Drew, nineteen ninety five. Why 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 no Clarkson? What happened to Jordan Clarkson? Well, did you see him in game one? Yeah, he wasn't good, but like again, like the this is what I'm talking about. So, so there sometimes you you can overthink things, and usually Ty Lue doesn't do that. Usually Ty Lue sticks with, okay, we know that this is a recipe for success, sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're gonna just stick with it. Yeah, but at some point, right? I mean, he was not good. I'm, I'm kind of trying to do a really quick lookup of him to see what uh, how many. Well, you know what? I'll do that in the uh, really quickly to find out how many minutes did he play in game one. Do we know? Uh, let's see here. Of course, I should look this up really quickly. But um, I, he, he's just not worth putting in there. And I, it's interesting because yeah. he was a lot better with the Lakers. And so now you have to say the thing, well, he was a good player on a bad team. And look what happens. But I just think that he would be the same on other teams. Uh, I think it's a difficult thing to be able to adjust to a LeBron James team. It's a different thing that you got to deal with a lot of other things uh, that uh, some players might not react well to. You're right. Certainly. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's tough. And that's why, as a general manager, it's not like you can just sort of, oh, well, look at his numbers. He'll plug him in and be right, right, it'll be perfect. You got to be aware of what kind of player does he demand the ball? Does he need the ball to be, to be somewhat effective? Because it ain't going to happen if you're playing with LeBron. So the la- in game one against Boston, they lost uh, big. He, he played almost 16 minutes. And he's been playing, yeah, a legit 15 minutes a game in the playoffs around. So, yeah, it's a weird thing to all of a sudden drop out completely. But uh, it wasn't like he was producing. Let's see here. Any other any good questions? Um, apparently, apparently, teams that go up 2-0. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, are 278 and 19. Oh, okay. So that's a lot better than 85%, I would think, right? Yeah, it's 93.6%. Thanks to, there were, I mean, at least 20 people that answered it. So thanks to all you guys. Well, let's see if I can, if I, if I see the, whoever the first one is, I'll scroll and give you a shout out. So, um, you know, Patrick Ikina says it's not easy to knock down shots with no rhythm. That's another great point where LeBron teams, you don't have rhythm. If you want to be a shooter in a LeBron team, you got to do what Steve Kerr did to get back in the league, which was, you know, shoot around for five minutes and go sit in the bench and talk to somebody and then get back up there and shoot another 10 shots and go sit down. You have to be able to master that. And by the way, the thing that's interesting about that is that Kevin Love has mastered like the shot fake and then pause and then shoot it and make it and no rhythm. And it's sort of like out of necessity. He and Clay Thompson are the only two guys in the league that can do that. Um, But but what's happening with these shooters, it's similar to what's going on with Houston right now. You know, you have a guy dribbling the ball for, you know, 20 seconds out of a possession and you get the ball with only enough time to catch and shoot. And, And when you miss, you may not get it again for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to get yelled at maybe, you know, like, the, so it's impossible to get a rhythm. And, you know, um, I mean, we saw it today, like Eric Gordon came out and, you know, basically said that we need the ball to move. Um, it's a little late for that. <laughs> I would have, I would have started that argument in, uh, January. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's very similar. Well, the thing with that is, is that, you know, we can transition to Houston for a second is when Harden goes out and it's just CP3, we see some of that movement and there is a lot of that. But obviously we're not getting a lot of that now because Harden is going to play a little bit more than normal because D'Antoni is shrinking his, his uh, uh, lineups a little bit. So that's, that's probably what Eric Gordon is sort of feeding off of is that like they're not getting those handoffs and those curls that he can get. And that's the, I, I don't blame him. It's a really hard thing to do. And now here's the thing that we have is – with Cleveland, they, they've built a team around LeBron, and it's, there's so much, I, I would call it, over-reliance on him. So now these other players can't find themselves, don't know how to create for themselves or be aggressive. Um, so the, the argument could very well be that when you allow a team to be that dominant or dominated by one player, you know, when you get to, the, to here, the conference finals, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt you. Absolutely. Um, this, is, this is why the Warriors do what they do. Yeah. And we talked. Steve Kerr talked about it on our show in my interview, where he said the energy uh, you get energy to play defense when you're part of the offense, and it's true. Um, yeah. And, when, and when you're just standing there going back and forth in the corner, much like the Rockets do too, uh, it's you just lose your energy and you're not as focused. And you know, J.R. Smith it doesn't matter what he would do because he's not focused on defensive end anyway. It was he just he just gets so lost. It's kind of it's just scary to me. Yeah, he's he's almost unplayable at this at this point. I I don't get how come Chetty Osmond can't get. Any minutes. Yeah, why isn't he getting the Jordan Clarkson minutes? I, I just, I, I can't wrap my head around some of this. It yeah. is, it's really weird. You know, because like looking at tonight. Maybe Ty Lu, maybe Ty Lu and LeBron are going somewhere together this summer. Maybe that's what's going <laughs> I don't know. Well, interesting question. Okay, because Jordan Clarkson didn't play, who got those minutes? Now, Jeff Green got 27 minutes, so he must have gotten, because he, he doesn't normally play that many, I don't think. Uh, I'm just looking really quickly to see, like, who else filled that in? JR played 27, which is probably about what he where he was at. Now, George Hill got 33. Uh, you know what I mean? That's interesting. Kyle Korver only played 21 minutes. Larry Nance got some minutes. Yeah. So, which is weird because you wouldn't assume that Larry Nance would get Jordan Clarkson minutes. Uh, I think Jeff Green got a, a bulk of them. Uh, and But you're right. Chetty Osmond deserves a little shot at it, at least, because he's not, you know, he's new and not, you know, bear, uh, weighted down by years past of whatever's going on in the, on the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. I think even one of the announcers said that they, they roll their eyes more 
than any other team. And I, I, I'm trying to remember what play that was was in response to. But, uh, you know, I feel like you got some players here who, you know, are not necessarily all on the same page. Uh, you think? <laughs> do, do you think it's a little disjointed? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Patrick Egan, yeah. uh, the, the Hill love p- pick and roll, won them the Pacer series down the stretch. The role players are capable. Uh, okay. The, the decision to start Thompson was a positive. Uh, I think it was a positive a little bit, but I think over over the entire game, it didn't give them what they needed, which was, you know, well, A, a win, but B, you know, I don't, I don't think Thompson was doing his Thompson stuff after the, you know, midway through the second quarter, right? Yeah, it, it, it became ineffective pretty quickly. Yeah. Okay. Celtics adjusted. Eric for three bang. It says Celtics, Celtics on the road are not as good. Uh, of course, I mean, no team is as good uh, on the road as they are at home anyway. So that's sort of uh, par for the course. But do you have any inkling to, in your mind that like it's going to be a disaster in a different team when they show up in Cleveland? No, I, I don't put much weight in that. You know, uh, uh, Savage Larry Bird brings up a good point in the uh, in the comments here on Periscope. Uh, LeBron has played a ton of basketball. I yeah. mean, is there a chance that that he's like I don't know cuz he scored 40 points. Like it, it's so hard to say like but I mean he's not playing any defense. He blocked that one Terry Rozier layup. But other than that there's just no defense oh. being played at all. Yeah, yeah, and he blocked it but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was on the way down I think. But anyway, yeah. yes. Um you're right. He's not giving out on defense. He's not quarterbacking defense. He's not helping communication. Um, it, and we, you know, I, 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 we're tired of talking about it, aren't we? I mean, it really, it's, it's come to that. And they just somehow been able to overcome all of that. Uh, you know, it, it kind of makes you wonder, like, Toronto really looks bad. I mean, this kind of gives you more grist for the, the Casey firing based on how, uh, what Boston's done in two games. I agree. Yeah. 100%. Um, let's see here. Why not? Why not just use LeBron within some horn sets? Well, they did do the high post split stuff, which is kind of basically half of horns, if you will, where they got right. the ball to LeBron at the elbow and they were splitting, and they got some layups for for uh, uh, Love, and they actually got like a three for Love on that too, and that was when Corver was involved. So they do it, but again, it's exactly what we were saying before: is you run that until they stop it, and right. okay, you go away from it for a couple of possessions, and you come back to it when you need a score. Does not happen with this team. Does not happen with LeBron teams. And uh, it did. It did in 2016. It did in 2016. They okay. ran a lot more elbow stuff, yeah. a lot more split cuts, a lot uh, like like the rub play and the get actions, things like that. And they went away from that. I really think this team is is missing Channing Fry right now. Channing Fry would probably be getting minutes. And you know, it's it's a big deal that they don't have that guy. Well, they they have shooters that would play that position that they don't that they that, that you know because he's not going to give them anything on defense. So what is Channing Fry going to give them that they don't have? Oh, I, no, I think he would give them something on defense. I mean, I, I think he could stretch the court and give them a little bit on defense. Uh, you know, he gets the, he gets the Larry Nance minutes since Larry Nance apparently forgot how to play basketball. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for him. He's probably just stuck in his head. You know, it's a it's a tough situation. Sure. There's probably not a lot of encouragement. <laughs> you know, not that you know. Uh, well, you know, when I get Dan Dockich on the show, we'll discuss uh, that the mindset. But uh, you know, I, I think Larry Nance is a great example of a guy who you know pretend he was on Boston. Like he would give them he would give them production. I think. Well, everybody's giving him production. 
Yeah. But, and, but you know, he's the, he just strikes me as the kind of guy, right? Sure. Well, he just needs that. And he's not going to get any kind of love or nurturing in Cleveland. You know, that's the thing. And probably, well, now you, you've been around D'Antoni a bit. Is D'Antoni uh, a lovey-feely kind of guy? Or is he more like Pop or is he more like Stevens? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, he's a player's coach. Um, yeah. He's a super amenable, nice, nice guy. Um, you know, he's very interested in, you know, having a relationship with his players. But okay. um, I don't think he's scared to give some tough love when they need it. Right. But I, to me, I almost feel like he's like, that's your job. You be professional. You got to take care of that. You know, like that's like he's going to be a little bit gruff on that end for that stuff, certainly for defense. Uh, but he's going to say, you know, shoot that shot. And I'm taking you out if you don't shoot. Like that's that's the good stuff I'm sure they love. But it's a different reaction. I, they, they had uh, Tatum or, or uh, I think it was Tatum interviewed after game one, I think, about what Brad Stevens brings. And you could just see that he, he was it was like mystical in the way he was trying to describe it. Wasn't probably even sure exactly what it is short of, yeah, his out of bounds plays just seem to always work. But, um, you know, there's a, there's a certain gravity that he brings and a certain uh, stability of emotional stability that I think, you know, that's when they didn't get down when they, were, when they were down in the first half. They just kept plugging away, and they had that inner confidence that they knew they just stick to it. The game plan will work, and that's, that's all you need as a coach. It really, you can go a long way, and they, they're going to go a long way. I mean, listen, let's just pretend they get to the finals against the Warriors. You know, they've beaten the Warriors before. Not this, I don't know what happened in the regular season this year, but certainly, you know, Stevens has shown that he knows how to devise a game plan to beat the Warriors uh, as an underdog. So what do you think about that? I think it's a sweep. <laughs> Another sweep. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I, th- I think it's a sweep. And I, and I think, uh, I mean, I think if Cleveland somehow makes it, it's a sweep. I, I think it's just a wrap. Well, H Control 10 asks, funnily enough, 18 minutes ago, but he must have known we were going to be talking about it. Do the Celtics match up better against the Warriors than the Cavs? I mean, they yeah, do. Yeah, without Absolutely. question. I, I don't think the Cavs would. The Cavs would lose in three if there was three games. Um, you know, the Celtics probably get a game, I would imagine. But um, but either way, it, it would be an interesting series. But I, yeah, there's no question in my mind the Celtics would have a lot more to offer the Warriors than the Cavs do right now. A hundred percent. They they've got they've got a better. They've got better personnel as far as uh, matching up. They've they've got a much much better defense. They can defend. I just don't think they can actually score with the Warriors. That that would be their big, the big hang up for them. Right. Well, let's see. Let's do a really quick lightning round. In the next couple minutes as we wrap this up. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, let's see here. Um, the Cats need to play the young guys. They desperately need energy. Okay. Yes or no. Sure. Who, who are the young guys? Oh, I guess you're talking about Chetty and uh, and maybe even yeah. you know. Okay. Yeah. I, I give him a chance either way. It's not working that way. It's not working now. Uh, right. Let's see here. Um, four point swing before the half start of the momentum swing. Yeah, I would think that that was huge. That Marcus Smart steal and then they got a, a dunk yes. was, was huge. Absolutely, it was big. Uh, LeBron held his energy, held back his energy most of the time, except for some blocks. I kind of think he held back his energy almost the whole time, except for like the offense. One hundred percent. Let's see here. Anything else? Are you see anything? Boston is thirty-seven zero and up two zero all time. Again, there's not a lot of connection to uh, all of Boston's teams in this one, but you know, it's still history's on their side without question. Ninety-three percent of the time, whatever that is. Um, let's see here. Coach LA Fortune one tough to call a sweep. Cavs are schizophrenic. Yeah, but this schizophrenic this um, this episode of schizophrenia seems like it's taken hold. I don't know. We're, I haven't seen enough uh, uh, in the darkness that they're they're gonna. There's some sanity still there. So I cool. still I still 
am not ready to say it's going to happen. Yeah. How about this? Can the Celtics with Gordon and Kyrie challenge Golden State? I think they could challenge him a little bit now, but for sure they could challenge him when they have Kyrie and Gordon and Hayward. A- absolutely. Yeah, they're they're you know, one of the things they're missing is is elite shot creation, and that's what Kyrie brings. I mean, this is the reason that they won that Cleveland won the twenty sixteen championship is because of Kyrie, you know. Yeah. Uh is LeBron's greatness uh a curse? It's not you know, I lost the question, but it was something like that. Is it a detriment? Interesting. Um, it could be. What do you think? Uh, I, I don't even know. I, I, do you mean like to a team? Like it's hard to to manage the cult of LeBron, so to speak. I think that's part of it. But, but yeah, the, yeah. the over reliance. Like I mean, we kind of touched upon it earlier before. Is that when you when you build a team, it's so reliant. We saw it with MJ before they got much better. Um, you know, you can't you can't get past the Pistons. You can't get past the Warriors. It's like that. It's just uh, you need to have a little a little bit more balance. And uh, but then again, it's like how are you going to say no to LeBron because he is so good? So I, I think it's an interesting question. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, listen, this is another great show. Uh, really great to have everybody involved in here live and asking your questions. Don't forget, we will be here after every game uh, going forward. I think finals included, right, Dave? That's right. Great. I'm all in. And if you missed part of this or a lot of this or some of this, you can always check it out uh, in the next following morning on the, as a podcast. We'll have it up and bright and early. And uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. Dave, another great show. And uh, don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, not a channel, we're a conversation. You win. You win, Dave? Yes, I am. <laughs>